2: It just gives you boost bumps, doesn't it? And you could have heard a pin drop at the King Power Stadium uh, last Saturday in the remembrance fixture between Leicester City and Watford. Lest we forget, and we will always remember them. You're listening to the 100% LCFC podcast, brought to you by 100% LCFC and Owen palmerakin Welcome back. It is the 100% LCFC podcast brought to you by yours truly, Owen Palmeretkin. We've been away for a while. If you want a nosy to find out why, then why not head over to my social media sites, say Owen Palmeretkin on Facebook and at OwenPA on Twitter. But. Let's talk in the now. We are live on Google Hangouts on this very cold Monday evening, but I'm incredibly happy to be inside. I'm also incredibly happy to be here with the 100% LCFC Chief Editor, Mr. Phil Holloway, who joins us right now. Good evening, Phil. How are you?
3: Hi, Owen. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good. I'm looking forward to tonight. Hopefully, we're going to get a a few viewers watching and and hopefully a few people joining in.
2: Indeed. Indeed. That should be good. I, I do hope we can get as many people um watching as we possibly can. We'll be uh keeping a look over all the comments that may uh or, or may not come in over the next over the over the over the course of the podcast, shall we say, this evening. But of course we are live on Google Hangouts. And first, Phil, let's talk about the difference um between Leicester City and Chelsea um this season, because clearly it is a huge a huge difference and a contrast. But if I'd have offered you the chance to be above Chelsea, less alone 14 points clear before the season started, you would have taken that. You'd have snatched my hand off, wouldn't you, Phil?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's an amazing state of affairs. an extreme of two, isn't it, where Leicester are performing well above where they should be and Chelsea <laughs> got to be fair champions last season. They're performing well below par, aren't they?
2: They certainly are. And to me, it is utterly bizarre, the idea that, that Chelsea are playing this poorly um, and uh, again they, they played pretty well against uh, Stoke City but they just they just couldn't get forward they just couldn't do it and it was just not great for them at all um, but like like I said you'd have taken you'd have taken the chance to be above Chelsea um, at, at this point in the season you'd have taken the chance of being above Chelsea come the end of the season although I don't think Leicester City fans um, are going to take that now we are joined we are joined, um, we are joined by, by someone else good evening sir
4: it's Viz from Brazil
2: Viz joins us live from Brazil That this is incredible Hi, already V's. isn't it Phil
3: great Hi, to see Phil. you how great. are you doing yeah really good really good how's it going what's it like supporting us from Brazil
4: well it's well it's brilliant this year isn't it what can say are you getting to see many of the games are yeah I get, to, I get to see them all that, that, that's sometimes it's on TV sometimes I get it on the internet
2: but that that that's incredible, Viz. That is incredible. But what do the Brazilians make of Leicester City? Do do they do they recognise that the fact that this team who just got promoted from the Championship a couple of years ago avoided relegation last year are now third in the Premier League? Do, do they recognise this? Do they do, well, do, do they get it?
4: Well, the people in the know. They they understand what we've done. General pub, there's so much Brazilian football here that they follow their own teams, but talking to people more and more people recognise Leicester City Mm. so yeah I mean especially the pundits on on the TV I mean they're loving us you you can hear it when they talk about
2: us they are loving us at the moment and we we do have uh, obviously myself Phil and and V's here we also have seven people watching at this current moment in time so if you are watching do leave a comment we are looking um, at the comments and if you do want to join us on Google Hangouts and join this Leicester City debate then you might as well just sign yourself up to to a Gmail account. You know, get on here and and join us. Viz, we're just talking about the difference between Leicester City and Chelsea this season. Obviously, with me and Phil uh, just chatted about how if we'd have offered you the chance to be ahead of Chelsea at this point in the season, let alone 14 points ahead, you'd have taken that at the start of the season. But what do you sort of make? What what's the reason Chelsea are performing so so under par at the moment?
4: Well, I mean, I think everybody wants to know that, right? And it's amazing how badly they're doing. In fact, you might even compare Leicester see last season to Chelsea this season. Because they seem to play well, try hard, and not get the results. Mm. That's where we were. Mm. These,
3: what, what have you been thinking of Jamie Vardy's
4: fantastic goal-scoring run? It's unbelievable. Anybody that follows me on Twitter knows what I think about Jamie Vardy. You're breaking up Amazing. a
2: little bit, V's in there. Um, but as you said, talking about Jamie oh, I think
4: Vardy, the brand in uh,
2: Brazil is probably terrible, isn't
4: it? Well, I can get better if it starts fading out. I'll plug in. But I'm on Wi-Fi right now. If I'm breaking up, I can plug in. Let me
2: know. Okay. Um, you you sound okay at the moment, so we'll do as much um as we can. But obviously, we're talking about Jamie Vardy there. Let's move on and talk a little bit about Jamie Vardy because Roy Hodgson has called in Jamie Vardy up to his England squad for the upcoming friendlies against France and Spain. But sensationally has told him to forget about demanding to play as a centre forward for the three Lions, despite his current sort of red hot form for City really, isn't it? But remember, Jamie Vardy is the Premier League's top goal scorer with 11 goals. He scored in nine consecutive games, but boss Roy Hodgson has said... When you've only played two games, you're in no position to go to the coach and say, I will play for England, but only in this position. Phil, what do you yeah. make of Roy Hodgson's comments? Do you think do you think he's right to say that? Because I, from what I know, um, Jamie Vardy hasn't actually publicly come out and said, I want to play down the middle for England.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, think, I don't think Vardy has. I think he's just grateful to be in the squad. He's happy to go and play. I think you know anybody with a brain cell would say that the person who's the top scorer in the Premier League and on fire at the moment, let alone the fact he's an Englishman, surely should play up front for England in mm. two friends that don't heck, give him a chance up front. Let's see if he can do it. And to be fair, I'd fancy him much more against these teams like Spain and France. Than they're going to come and, you know, it's going to be a tough thing for England to even get a draw out of it. And I think they'll push mm. much They'll play much tighter, and Vardy will be great against a team like. That. And um, I mean, Premier League. Roy Hodgson, if he, if he doesn't play him, and I'm not being funny, I've got a bad feeling. I think he's not going to play him. That position.
2: I I personally don't think Jamie Vardy's is going to get ever going to get the chance to start down the middle four, uh for England. I was um, actually listening to the to the actual audio that Roy Hodgson. You know what he said. It, what, what everything he sort of came out with. Um, and the whole underlying feeling that I got from it was he has one a no intention of uh, playing Jamie Vardy down the middle, and two he's got no intention of starting him um, down the middle, I mean, let alone let alone bringing him on, bringing, bringing him on. And that's just know. incredible.
4: I saw the, I saw the transcripts uh, of the of the Hodgson interview, and it seemed to me like he backtracked.
2: Okay. It seemed to me, like
4: he said, it was just dealing with some hype. And I give him, I give Vardy a good chance of getting 45 minutes down the middle.
2: Hmm. Mm. Well, of course, all Leicester City fans would like to see Jamie Vardy have 45 minutes down the middle. Let alone, uh, let alone on the wing. I think many, many fans would prefer to see Jamie Vardy for 45 minutes down the middle rather than 90 minutes on the left-hand side of of an attacking three, in a sense, really, wouldn't they?
4: I would. Yeah.
2: Definitely. So. In terms of Jamie Vardy's competition uh, for, for that England starting 11 down the middle, it only really seems at the moment to be Harry Kane, doesn't it? Harry Kane seems to be the man who's keeping Jamie Vardy out of that position and Theo Walker as well, remembering how well Arsenal are doing at the moment, remembering how well Harry Kane, and Harry Kane has picked up a little bit of form um, since we last spoke on the podcast, so therefore you would think Jamie Vardy's chances of starting down the middle for England are even more limited wouldn't you Phil
4: well Walcott's injured right
2: I, I mean in terms of a Euro 2016 starting oh, they... eleven, place well, I mean you really seem to be breaking up at the moment um and I believe yeah I
3: think the, the reconnect and uh, join us shortly when you've got a better connection. But thanks for joining us so far. I think that's been, okay, Phil. It's been great in. to have somebody from Brazil. So keep
2: watching. Definitely keep okay, watching. Then. Keep up to date with us um, in the comments of the chat We'll really appreciate your time, V's.
4: No problem, guys. See you soon.
2: See you later. Thank See you yeah. very much for joining us here on the One Hundred Percent LCFC Podcast, guys. It is has been uh, one of those one of those years hasn't it well one of those seasons for Leicester City um, where they have done so well and they are starting to get a little bit of recognition for this the manager and player of the month awards were, were sort of announced today the nominations for it Claudio Ranieri in there for the manager of the month and Jamie Vardy in there for the player of the month Phil is Jamie Vardy likely to win this? Of course, he didn't win the last one. Anthony, <laughs> no, Martial. Anthony Martial went to, a, a, and scooped yeah. that award. And secondly, is Claudio Ranieri in a position to beat Arsene Wenger and Manuel Pellegrini to to the Manager of the Month for October award?
4: I think it's
3: pretty straightforward, the Manager of the Month. I mean, you look at the finances and the players at the disposal between the top three teams, which guys manage the team to the best of their abilities and above and beyond it, it's clearly got to be Ranieri mm. saying that, I think he'll win it but a lot of Leicester fans on, on Twitter and uh, Facebook earlier were saying I, I hope Ranieri doesn't get it because it could be the kiss of death.
2: <laughs> well there's a stat isn't there that actually that um, that managers who uh, win the manager of the month award actually statistically do better in the next couple of games rather than do worse so that sort of I guess puts that that old tale to bed in, in, in a sense yeah very much so I mean I think he, he does deserve to win it and he, he's, uh, he's t- every. Yeah,
3: at some point we have to stop saying oh let's give credit to Nigel Pearson but a lot of the team is Nigel Pearson's. Mm. One there. I think Ranieri's added a massive amount to it so I think you've got to start giving credit to Ranieri saying he's he's playing a lot of the same players but just wheezing a little bit more juice out of every single player and, and then there's I mean we'll come on to Kante no, no, he's added in a blend of players that's yeah. uh, you know, They've complemented really the current
2: crop. They, they they really have, haven't they? Um, we've had a message come through, Phil, from uh, technician Sai He says, in terms of what he's achieved with the resources available, I agree. It has to be Ranieri. So, uh, no, I, one person agreeing there that well, it, Claudio I, I Ranieri think should be. it has to be Owen. But
3: I think if you ask most Leicester fans, you wouldn't want to put much go down the bookies and put much money on it actually no. being Ranieri.
2: No, not not at all. Not at all. In terms of goal-breaking records, Phil, I came across this the other day. It was um, it was really quite interesting of of me to sort of work in a, in a sense work this out. I was talking to a couple of Manchester United fans, um, and they were saying about how Jamie Vardy's close to breaking Ruud van Nistelrooy's record. In a sense, he's already broken a couple of records. He's the first Englishman to do it, and. He could be the first person to do it over, to, over in just one season. Of course, Nistroy over two seasons that that he uh, hit his um, goals in. But if Jamie Vardy is to break this record, not equal it, break it, he will break it against Manchester United.
3: Yes, that could be quite nice, couldn't it? I, you know, let's get to Newcastle away first and see if he can do it there. I... St James's Park doesn't tend to be one of our happiest hunting grounds. No, not mind. at all. We we don't seem to pick up many points there. They're on a, a run of not particularly spectacular form. I know, I know they won away at uh, Bournemouth. who can't seem to buy a win at the moment, so it, that's not going to be easy going to Newcastle. A to pick up points and B for for Vardy to score again. I, I do fancy him to score again in it, but mm. it's it's. It's one of those places where if you said, "Oh, it was Arsenal, Man U he's got to go and do it, you would definitely be saying it's tough. But I, I do think that uh, St James's Park—it's not a happy ground for us.
2: It's not a happy ground. Um, but is there a better place? Well, is, is there—is this the best chance that Leicester City have had in a number of different seasons to come here and do well? Um, Steve McLaren seems to be getting things around just about. They, like you say, they—they—they they, they played against Bournemouth last weekend um, with a one-nil victory. But if it hadn't been for their keeper. They'd probably lost that three or four-one.
3: Yeah, I think you know Steve McClaren. He's he's one of Leicester fans' favourite other managers, not so uh, we'll all be pleased to see that he's not doing that well up at Newcastle. Um, I think he was probably one or two more defeats away from probably getting the boot again. So again, he'll probably look at the Leicester one and and think that you know he's got a chance of winning it. Leicester not you know pre-season to, he would have been looking at that and going that is. A chance for them to get three points. On the reverse, we're we're definitely going to be looking at that and saying, "Yeah, we fancy fancy going there." And we went up there and picked up some points.
2: Has the international break come at the worst possible time for Leicester City?
3: I don't think so, Owen. I think it, it. You know, we've just. They always say it's great to get a win before it. Everybody a little break, those who aren't involved in internationals, those that are they all go away and meet stars from other countries, and, and they can hold their heads up high and say, Look, I'll play for Leicester City, we're third in the in the Premier League, in the in the most intense uh, best league in the world, and you know, it's a chance for them to go. You have to look at it in the bigger scheme of things and mm, go definitely right, when people like Marez and Vardy go off, they can then start talking to other players and spreading the name of Leicester City and say, Yeah, that's what I play for. You know, and when when Ranieri goes to tap some of them in January or next summer, international breaks always come up for somebody at a slightly bad time. On the other hand, you know it's it's great for people and the lights to all go off and have have some international time.
2: It is it is great in in that sort of sense. When hopefully Leicester City can come back um, after the international break and be able to put in these sort of performances again, that would always. Um, be very nice wouldn't it Um, in terms of where Leicester City are in terms of team spirit you'd probably say that it's fairly high at the moment Um, and I'm talking about the penalty incident on Saturday where Riyad Mahrez um, gave the ball to Jamie Vardy to continue his goal scoring form however I don't think Riyad Mahrez wanted to give Jamie Vardy the ball at that point. I think it was Danny Drinkwater's intervention that, that got Jamie Vardy that penalty. Fair enough, the lad stuck it away, but Riyad Mahrez looked pretty certain he wanted to take that, didn't he?
3: Yeah, I mean, Mahrez, is, he's on, is it seven goals now, or is it eight, including the League mm. Cup? I'm not sure, but he's up there. He's hes the joint second striker or uh, score in the whole of the Premier League, so yeah. he's he wants to get another goal he, he's keen he's he's not that far behind vardy so i think i think they did the right thing in the end by giving it to Vardy. Uh, vardy had won the penalty there's no problem yeah. with making penalties so you know if they did, I, I i've just watched it back again on uh, on the day highlights and i agree with you from where we were sitting it looked like it was a bit of friendly banter and murray doing it to sort of tease vardy but I, when you saw it in close detail it looked like murray was going to take the penalty but, and fair play to Vardy, you know, he knows he wants to score another goal mm. to uh, to carry on his record. But he, he plops the ball up to Merez and says, get on with it, son. So, you know, I think, I think fair play to both of them. And, and afterwards, Vardy runs straight up to Merez and sort of says, thanks, pal.
2: Yeah, yeah, which is always nice to see in a sense. And uh, isn't it nice to see Leicester City this year um, have... I know it's easy to do this with results, but ha- have a manager who is very happy about things and, and very... Open to to the public. Um, I don't know if you saw the, um, the 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 video that was circulating on social media of Ranieri saying he wanted to kill Kike Flores, the um, the Watford manager. You would never find Nigel Pearson um, doing in any sort of way any of those kind of things, taking the players out to make pizza. I know it's all very well and good doing this when the when the results are going for you, but I could personally imagine Ranieri doing this when the results aren't going for Leicester City which inevitably might happen during later in the season
3: I think it's a it's quite a nice easy time for Ranieri yeah. I am positive that when he took over in the summer he was not thinking he would be sat anywhere near this no. position being able no to joke about taking the lads out for pizzas and then taking them out I think you know he's, he's picked up he's been gifted quite a nice squad which is doing him well at the moment and uh I I I think you're being a bit harsh on Nigel Pearson. As I say, you you know, I've got mixed feelings about him. I think as a manager, it's hard to argue about his record. He was doing things with the lads last year. You know, there was all the ostrich gate stuff and the rumours of the meeting ostrich burgers. And there's obviously a good team spirit there. So I think things. He just did it in a different way. You know, Ranier is a wily old manager who's been all around Europe, talked to all the media. When he was managing teams like Valentia and Chelsea and Milan and Roma. You know, the, teams like Roma and Chelsea are honestly big, big clubs with media coverage from around the world. So he knows how to deal with them. He knows how to tweet to them. And he knows not falling out people of the media. And he's, he's got the meeting out of the palm of his hand, like you'd expect from a, a well seasoned European top, top manager.
2: Mm. You mentioned um, the January transfer window um, j- just a, a few moments ago. Um, what are Leicester City probably going to be looking to do? Who do they need to buy? Where do they need to strengthen? And uh, in, in a sense, do they need to splash any money?
3: You talk about Leicester Owen. Do we need? You just broke up there. Do we need to buy anybody in January? are you Saying?
2: Uh, yes, the January transfer window. Where do Leicester City need to strengthen? And um, what players do they need? Is there anyone in particular who they should be going for? Do they need to offload anyone, or should the doors just stay completely shut?
3: Well, I think it's pretty clear we need a striker because we can't score. No, I'm only joking. Of course, we, I don't <laughs> think there's really anybody we need at the moment. I, I don't think you'd want to bring anybody in and upset the apple cart. But I think there's a chance by January we're on 40 and we're safe. And then it's like, right, you've got maybe 15, 16 games to see where you can go. And, and I think the owners will, will back Renier. I think the owners will look at it and go, right, we're safe. The 130 million quid or whatever it is for next season's in the bag. Um, we're building a club here for whatever reasons they are. Let's go out. It's like playing FIFA manager. You know, um, you'd be stupid if you were in January and you were safe and maybe in the top six still, not to have a go for it. And I think they will. I think they will go and buy some more players. I, I'm not really sure where we need to strengthen. Everybody, it's hard to pick anybody out who's. I mean, the defence is looking well sorted at the moment. We can't keep a clean sheet. But But who would would you take out?
2: Any of those players. Exactly. Do you think the reason Leicester City might not be able to keep clean sheets is due to the fact that they only play uh, four across midfield rather than five, rather than a 4 2 3 1 or a 4 5 1 or a 4 3 3? There's only two players in the centre of the park. Is that where Leicester City are are falling short?
3: The stats from the game against Watford, and Watford have, have come up from the Championship. They're we have had 41% of the possession. So you're inviting the team onto you. You're giving them 59% of the possession, and you're paying counter attack. So you you need them to come onto you, and you're giving away a lot of territory. If we're honest, on Saturday, what what, what they had one chance to hit the post, and then Casper made a nice save. Casper was barely. Just seems when
2: they get a chance, they seem to score it.
3: Saturday, canters. you
2: seem to be uh, breaking up. Just a little bit there, uh, Phil. If you are watching the program this evening, or maybe you're you're just listening to it, or whatnot, then do get in contact. Do give us um, a little bit of of, of something, something, <laughs> and, and we'd like you to join us uh, both on. Uh, Google Hangouts. If you can join us, uh, then, then then do. Just follow the link that you can uh, you can find. You can also give us a little message. We have a few more messages uh, Phil that I'm going to quickly uh, read through. Mark VZ has uh, commented: "I like Ranieri's substitute decisions. Wiley indeed. Something that Pearson hesitated about, but no doubt in the Nigel Pearson squad and team spirit is carried through to the season. It makes it easier." for Claudio Ranieri. Is Claudio Ranieri reaping even more benefits than Nigel Pearson did with this squad? I know we mentioned it a little bit earlier, but is it something well, we really Owen, need to look at? Can
3: Owen, can I just mention, I think Ranieri, I mean, people joke and call him the Tinker Man, and it really is not. he's not. He was one of the first managers to squad rotate and bring in players and, and play different players for different matches. Yeah. You've got to give him credit again. He almost, every match... I mean, one of the things that used to frustrate me with Nigel Pearson was you you get we might be losing with the 60th, 70th minute, you know maybe one or two nil, and you think come on, Pearson, make a change, and and he seemed to delay it, delay, it, delay, it it was too late. Mm. Ranieri seems to get to half time, and it's like he takes the first half to suss it out, and goes, oh right, maybe, maybe we didn't get it quite right in the first half. I'm just going to tweak. It's like like playing a game of sort of chess or something, I think. And he he looks at it half time, and goes, right, you, you're coming off, and you're coming on. I mean.
2: Isn't that oh, the exactly Italian fine. tactics we, we coming said, through? Say that again, Owen. Is, is that the Italian tactician coming through in Claudio Ranieri?
3: I think it's experience again. He's, he's, I think is he's 64 years old and managed, like we were talking about earlier, some of the top top teams in Europe. He, he's been there, seen there and done it. And, he, and tactics is all about. He's, he's studying the first half of the match, seeing what our strengths and their weaknesses are. Mm-hmm work out in his head and going in at half-time and, and talking it through with the team and making a change and, and it's having an impact. We're scoring, I think we've scored, is it 15 goals in the in the second half so far?
2: So, some, something ridiculous um, like that, Phil. Uh, tactician Sai has got back in contact. He says, I think the areas we could probably strengthen um, are uh, the the, the defence. We do leak a lot of goals as we've seen against Arsenal. Going behind and clawing back a win or draw against top teams won't be easy so uh technician size point the idea that leicester city can't go behind against big teams like arsenal they can't go behind against the likes of manchester city and manchester united and expect to claw it back is that that's a valid point surely yeah
3: you know, i think you could see you could see where maybe we are just a little bit short again our, again where again you were talking about the 4-4-2. does it leave us a little bit open i think when you come against the top quality teams You know, you invite them onto you too much, like we did with Arsenal, and they're going to punish you because they're not just good players, they're they're world class players. You know, Sanchez was phenomenal that day, and you know, he he tore us to bits a bit, but he he tore Man United to bits uh, about two weeks ago and demolished them in the first half when they went 3 0 up. I I think you are going to find it reminds me of how Newcastle used to play under Kevin Keegan a little bit, where they, they would we think we're going to score if we game, maybe one or two or three goals, but we're going into the game thinking we are going to to let a goal in. So, you play the top teams and, you know, Man City and Arsenal, Man United and then you, I mean, I don't have any fear against teams like Liverpool and Tottenham and and Everton, the next tranche of of, uh, Premier League side. So, you know, top two or three sides might cause some trouble.
2: Mm. Phil, here at 100% LCFC, one of our main uh, contributors is Alan Young of course and he made a bold statement at the start of this season after the first couple of games that Leicester City were going to finish inside the top 6 Leicester City were going to get into Europe and here we are the next time Leicester City play it will be gone the middle of November Leicester City will be third in the Premier League is Youngie being going, going to be right come the end of the season? Do you think Leicester City might hold on to this? Do you think they might slip down a couple of places uh, and, and maybe finish in the fifth? Or do you think they, they might hit a bad run of form in, in a more crucial time? You only have to look at December's fixtures to really fear something for that, don't you?
3: I like to think I'm a quite a realistic fan. I'm always positive. I always think we're going to win whatever league or whoever we're playing. But I, I say I'm realistic. I, I've been talking about I think, you know, a couple more wins and let's get safety. If you offered me safety now, I'd take it. But I'm starting to change mine now after the Watford game because if you look at the points we're on 25 and and pillar are yeah. down there on four and you think we're probably, if we had an awful, awful run in, which I, we're all Leicester fans, we know that could happen, but let's hope it doesn't. If we had an awful, probably pick up two or three wins and a couple of draws and that's all we need to be safe. Yeah. So I do, I do genuinely think that young is super optimistic from being a player you know <laughs> he, he would think that he, he could be two nil down in the 93rd minute and he would still think you're going to win and that's the will to win that is from a player so i know last season he thought we would be mid-table and be say you know he actually thought we might be in the top half of the ball. and in the end he wasn't too far wrong he came into this season bubbling and uh you know he's got every faith and he's, he's proving to be right he 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 likes players like Danny Drinkwater and some of the the unsung heroes, the ones that have you know put the time in and, and come through the ranks. So, I, I think he thinks we're going to finish in the top six at least, and he keeps talking about the Champions League.
2: Indeed, he does. Um, we'll try and get Youngy on to the uh, to the live podcast um, one day. That would be that would be great fun because I can imagine Alan having plenty of plenty of opinions on plenty of things that that we've spoken about tonight although We are coming towards the end of the programme, Phil. So, uh, massive pleasure to have you along, of course. And a a massive thank you to everyone who joined us today here on the 100% LCFC podcast, of course. Um, We are going to probably be doing this a a lot more. If you have enjoyed, then do get in contact. We'd love to hear from you on this. Um, If you can get in contact, the ways to do that will be found in the description of this podcast if you are listening via iTunes or if you are listening via SoundCloud as well. So like I said Phil, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure.
3: Thanks Owen. Let's hope it's a, a great weekend for Vardy
2: and we're talking about England next Monday. We should certainly hope so and let's certainly hope that it's a first England goal for Jamie Vardy as well. So from all here at 100% LCFC, it is goodbye and thank you very much for tuning in. Really appreciate your time. The
1: Touchport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with 3 for Mental Health Awareness Week this year.